What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And we just recorded an episode with our guest and she truly blew our minds. Uh, This is a guest we would love to have back on. We did an episode about exploring fetishes with the incredible Goody Howard. She is a world-renowned sexologist educator and consultant. She actually teaches sexual skill workshops and offers sex positive professional development opportunities. She just, man, the amount of takeaways in this episode. Yes. And like fun takeaways that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to try that. (laughs) Yeah. Whether you are single and looking to explore you know, more ways to be connected with your body in a sexual way, whether you're in a relationship and you want to add some simple things to spice it up, whether you want to explore more fetishes and kinks. I mean, she just covered so much ground in the interview. It was amazing. Oh my God. Like how to have fun, you know, giving oral sex and how to to like rethink the 69ing and all. Like she said, so everything was a hot tip and takeaway that you're like, this makes so much sense. I cannot wait to do this or try this or, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. Was so, and we just laughed the entire time. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. So funny. You are going to love this episode. Truly. So yes. Um, and if you want to follow Goody, you can follow her on all social media at Ask Goody, A-S-K-G-O-O-D-Y. Her website is askgoody.com and she's offering our listeners um, a special little discount if you guys want to buy any of her merchandise or anything on her website. It's 20% off with the code HELPLESS. So it's very sweet that she did that and uh, we really encourage you guys to go check out her website. She, she teaches 
things called rideology and strokeology classes where she teaches <laughs> people how to like ride dick. It's like, oh my God, I just, I just adore her. So um, before we get into the episode, I am continuing to be on tour. I will be in Uncasville this weekend at Comics Roadhouse. And then next weekend, I'm coming to Salt Lake City. I'll be at the Wise Guys Comedy Club. I've been wanting to perform there for a long time. And I think we've got some Salt Lake City helpsters. So I'm very, very excited for that. And then I'll be in Vegas, Burbank, so many more dates coming up. You can go to KelseyCook.com get those tour date tickets and please go watch my special, the hustler on YouTube. Um, as we are recording this, uh, a couple months before this episode comes out, the, the special has crossed over half a million views in oh, the first two congrats. weeks of being out, which is exciting. That's so exciting, dude. Thanks. That's Thank so you. Awesome. Um, Delaney, what's going on with you? Yeah. Hey, if you want to uh, listen to my business podcast, the minimalist business podcast, you can head over to DelaneyFisher.com. It's a private show, but it's completely free. And we just talk about building um, and scaling your dream business and career. We talk about mindful business practices and productivity habits and, and all that good stuff. Um, the feedback that I've been getting is people really want me to branch out in more like the career consulting space as well. So while I I, you know, usually work with mental health and wellness professionals on their business and media and branding and all of that. Um, I might be kind of offering some, some career coaching consulting services as well. So if you're interested in that, feel free to come on over, even if you don't, you know, quite fit the bill for mental health and wellness. Um, and I'm very excited about that. And, um, yeah, so if you're, you're experiencing a transition career pivot of some kind, uh, you'll be uh, perfect for that podcast as well. DelaneyFisher.com. There it is. Amazing. Okay, guys, we feel very confident already that you're going to fucking love <laughs> this interview with Ask Get a Goody. notebook. Get, Get a, a notebook. notebook. Or a phone. Yes. Want, want to take notes. <laughs> yeah, truly. I am going to listen to it back and take notes because uh, it's just so good. So, okay, guys, here's our interview. All right, Goody, thank you so much for being here with us today. I've been a fan of yours online for <laughs> almost three years now. We were just talking about trying to figure out when I started following you. And uh, <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, you have a shirt. I know some of our listeners only listen. Some people watch on YouTube. But I have to tell people that your shirt says penis genius. And it does. <laughs> I, God, I just, I'm so excited about this already. So, <laughs> so you are a sexologist yes. and I we've got so many questions for you today I, I want to start by asking how you got into this line of work and what qualifies somebody to be a sexologist oh I'm so glad you asked the second part specifically okay <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm a sexologist which basically means that I um, study sex through a scientific lens, human sexuality through a scientific lens. Wow. But what I love to do is take that then hierarchy, you know, over frameworks and like make it bite-sized consumable for the layperson. And Got so it. that is what I do. I take all aspects of human sexuality, uh, health, hygiene, interpersonal skills, pleasure, sexual activity, gender orientation, attraction, all of it, and just kind of create these little bite-sized shareables for the general public. Um, yeah. So what qualifies me to be a, which is amazing because people don't never ask that. I've never been asked that. I've been doing oh, this wow. work. Okay. Um, <laughs> because people think that if they enjoy having sex and they enjoy talking about sex, that they can be a sex educator or that they can be a sexologist. 
and or a sex perk, which is not a real thing. It's a marketing term. Yeah. Um, but it's, mm. but it's it's so much bigger than that, right? So I have my bachelor's in business. I have a master's of social work. I have a master's of public health because human sexuality is social work mm. and sexual health is public health. Yeah. Um, I also have lots of certifications and uh, professional development, CEs and things like that from conferences and specific credentialing type workshops. So anyone can do this if they're committed to doing the work. You don't have to be have master's degrees. It's helpful. Um, yeah. If you're like me, I don't work for anyone else. I work for myself. So when I pitch companies and stuff like that, the master's degrees give them more confidence in paying my rate. Right? Got it. <laughs> so, Got it. Yeah, so yeah. It's more for them, less for me, but it's helpful. Um, but you can do this work and not go that route. You can do like certifications and be very niche and specific. Um, so, so there's that, but I've always been the freaky friend. I've always been the person, <laughs> you know, that people talk to about their sex or relationships. I don't know why people feel that, you know, I'm that person, but yeah. I've all, literally always been that person. I used to be like, if I didn't know, I would try to find out and I'm older than Google. So <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I am, I am hard catalog, microfiche, doing decimal system years old. So <laughs> I'm very much, you know, in the library trying to figure it out. Um, and I just, I ran into some people that were doing this kind of work full time and I just kind of interviewed them and figured out what their backgrounds were in and how they got to these places. And I just took, just did it. Like I've been doing this 17 years total, uh, full time for eight and I've been profitable for five. And I say profitable meaning more than a hundred thousand dollars a year because profitable is the concept of profitable is subjective, right? Sure. Um, yeah. But um, I was do- I did accounting while I was doing this work. I've always done like finance and accounting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then this is like a huge pivot. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But it is. And I, and I just, you know, I, that's the kind of brain that I have. Like I love the numbers and I love the concept. So I, I, I was glad I got to do both. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just glad I do this full time. That's so incredible. Um, so cool. Uh, before we get into more questions, we always ask our guests what their favorite or least favorite quote is. And mm. we know that you've got an incredible favorite quote that has to do with sex. So can you share it with our listeners? Of course, everything has to do. Um, so actually, <laughs> the, quote, the quote is, everything in the world is about sex, except sex. Sex is about power. And oh, it's it. up until maybe last year, that quote was attributed to Oscar Wilde. But apparently he didn't say it. So okay. I don't know who yeah. said <laughs> We don't know who said it. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that quote is so it's succinct and it's accurate. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I think even if I, I don't know if we'll really get into it on this episode about like um if somebody has a fetish or a kink about being submissive, that is still about mm-hmm. power. It's just maybe yeah. giving up your power in that moment. Or I I feel like I'm not even qualified to speak to it. That's why you're here. Well, I mean, but it's true. <laughs> even so people think People think that subs and doms, right? The sub-dom dynamic is it is a power dynamic, but right. it's not the power dynamic that you think. Right. Most doms are are they're not in control in everyday life. Yeah. So they get to be in control in that specific space. And most subs are people that are bosses all the time mm-hmm. and they have to make all the decisions. And then when we get into sexual spaces, we prefer to hand that responsibility over to a trusted human being. Yeah. To navigate that for us. And even in that is great power because you're giving consent for someone else to kind of drive your boat. Right. So um, 
even in that, like the psychology of that is still very, very much rooted in power. Mm, yes. Um, hi, I'm Delaney and I'm a sub. And I'm a sub as well. And the, But the challenge is this, because I'm a switch. Because my submissiveness runs so deep that if I'm with a partner that requires a dom, I will become that for them because submissively that is what my person needs. Oh, oh, I was just gonna ask you that. Like, what if what if some people's kinks or fetishes don't al align? Mm -hmm. It just depends on. So sometimes some people are just a sub, hard sub, and they don't view becoming a dom as being a sub. But if I'm with a person, if my partner wants that, if, even if I dom, I have if I have a dom and that's what they want, like I want you to take control right now. If that's what they say do, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. And right. so it's there's some people that are switches. There's some people that are hardcore subs. I'm a hardcore sub. I can dom if I have to, if that's what's required in the moment. But it's not my preference. Um, but and the people that are hardcore doms, and then when you meet these like skeevy guys in the street and they try to tell you they're a dom, right? <laughs> like, first of all, you shouldn't have to tell me. If I have to tell you I'm a lady, I'm not a lady. You see what I'm saying? You, you sh it should be apparent, correct? But also they don't understand that they're telling you that they don't have control in their everyday lives. Like they live in their mom's basement and they work at Walmart as a greeter. Like they're not, right, you know, and that's right. not always the case. That's not always the case. Doms don't come for me. Um, <laughs> but typically the case is they have less decision-making power in their everyday life. Okay. And so they have more decision-making power in that, in those specific spaces. Got it. Mm, okay. Could we scale back a little bit, bit and just talk about like what are fetishes and do we all have them or only okay. some people have them? Oh, everybody does. So Ooh. the difference, first, let me tell you the difference between a fetish and a kink, because a lot of yes. times we do those like, you know, samesies and they're not. Um, so a fetish is sexual attraction to an object or thing. Okay. Whereas a kink is an atypical sexual behavior. Okay. Okay. So, so the behavior. So there's some things that are both a kink and a fetish. Like if you're a furry, right? A plushie. People that dress up in the mascot costumes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is both a kink and a fetish. It's a fetish because the costume is what makes them feel uh, their most unique, authentic selves. But it's a kink because they have a whole community. And they have their own ways of interacting with each other. And they have their own, like, you know, it's a culture. Right. So it's a kink and a fetish simultaneously. Some other things that are kinks that are very common are like choking, spanking, um, you know, rougher sex. Um, things like that are very, very common uh, kinks that yeah. people have. Calling your partner daddy. Like, things like that. Those are very common kinks. Okay. Okay. Uh, Common fetishes can be like a foot fetish or like a pregnant girl fetish, or maybe you have a race fetish or a size fetish, like a body size fetish. Like, so they're very common things that people don't necessarily even think are kinky or that are fetishes that we absolutely have and do and are. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe even just like people who are into blondes versus brunettes. That is absolutely a thing. Or like, Tattoos and beers. Yeah. A beard and a tattoo will do it. I don't care. And yeah. Beards, <laughs> and, yeah and for the record, I think sure. beards are makeup for men because like mm -hmm. a beard 
can change a dude's face in a way yes <laughs> that makes it like for instance drake without a beard <laughs> without a beard drake looks like a black ross geller without a beard he looks like a sad black ross yellow to me but i really can beard, see that but with a beard drake could get it every day of the week <laughs> he looks like a grown-ass man you know what i'm saying and there are so many people the dude from you oh um, yes Ken Badgley. or badgley yeah, yeah yeah oh my god i remember him from gossip girl Mm-hmm. He will always be Dan. He's Dan. <laughs> when and, and I thought he was pretty. Like he has a very, you know, yeah, angular bone structure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a stunning man, right? Mm-hmm. But he put a beard on. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, Dan. Who are you? <laughs> Where you been all my life, Dan? Like so, it's a beard can change a face, but also yeah. it can be a fetish. Like I personally, I don't have a type. Yeah. Um, and as a pansexual person, that, that says a lot. But, but for my masculine partners, I prefer facial hair. Like, it, okay. you got to be, I can't even think of a person that I'm attracted to that does not have facial hair. Wow. Oh, Besides Barack Obama. That's, again, power dynamic. <laughs> Who isn't attracted He's to in his own. <laughs> it's a whole different category. It's like, I'm a Barack Obama five. He's had his own <laughs> fetish, his own key fetish category. <laughs> yeah, he deserves one. Um <laughs> So how are fetishes or kinks developed? Is it more nature? Is it more nurture? Is it both? It's both. It's okay. definitely both. Um, because you never know what's going to turn you on. Like, how do you realize, how does the person that has a foot fetish realize they have a foot fetish? Yes. How does right. the person that realizes that they're attracted to BBWs, big, beautiful women, under, like even come to that conclusion? Right. And so sometimes it's like they're looking at porn or they're looking at a movie or some sort of media and they find themselves being aroused by that specific media. Um, And so that would be how much of that is nature and how much of that is nurture. Right. And so I definitely think it's a group effort. I was curious, too. I think I asked Dr. Drew about this at one point years ago, but, you know, foot fetishes have become so popular and yet we don't hear that much about like an elbow fetish or a kneecap fetish or a there there are things those are things and i will tell you oh interesting if you put like i have a tattoo on my elbow so if you tattoos become erogenous zones Mm -hmm. because of that repeated needle to skin and then it's sort of like it's an unconscious a subconscious area of focus for you but if your partner begins to kiss and lick on your tattoos you it, it feels different to you than if they like i have a tattoo on this side of my shoulder and i don't have one over here if someone puts their mouth on this shoulder, it goes down. If they put it over here, it's it's, it's cute, but it doesn't hit the same. <gasps> oh, so, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> so the thing for you is that they're fresh. <laughs> listen, okay, well, well, wait till they're healed now. Are they healed? Yeah, yeah. Fresh okay. is in the last like several months. <laughs> okay, yes. So what happens is it also gives your partner something to focus on. They can trace the tattoo with their tongue. And so it can be very intentional. This tattoo right here, I have had this t- tattoo kissed and licked on and I thought I was going to die. Oh, wow. I was just like, please stop doing that because we are in public. And wow. Is, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. so good. This elbow don't, it don't do nothing. It's nothing. This one, oh my God. 
So, so, and it may, so it may be the tattoo fetish of it all, right? Of how I discovered that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. This elbow is not the same as this elbow, right? Right. But there are different like fetishes of different parts of the body, like the knees. Um, the elbow is called the weenus. The skin on the elbow is called the weenus. Yeah. So like the weenus fetish. Um, yeah. You know, necks, nipples, ears, mm-hmm. mouths, all of those things. There's so many different kinds of fetishes, and even with a foot fetish. It's levels to that, right? Like some people, like, oh, I just love pretty toes and a nice shoe. Like that's just some sexy shit. Mm-hmm. Some people actually want to put their dick in the shoe. Some people yeah. actually want to put like a, a a hollow dildo on the heel of the shoe and be fucked with it. Some that's a shoe fetish, that's yeah. not necessarily a foot fetish, but or some people want you to like put your feet together and like stroke their penis with your feet. Like so, it's so many levels to fetishes as well. Yeah. Um, that it's just really interesting how they develop and how they are expressed. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, what are some of the most unique fetishes or kinks that you've come across in your line of work that you really haven't heard of much? Um, well, I, I know people that have like splooshing fetishes, which is food fetish. Right. But this one uh, client, he actually liked to make like cake batter and put it in like a long jar and just like fuck the cake batter. Mm. And I like was an American like, oh. pie type of moment. Yeah, 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 but it was better though, not like the warm pie or the warm cake. Right. Like and I feel like aesthetically that makes sense because he still has the confines of the long jar, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, for whatever orifice he's trying to imagine that it is. And then you also get like the texture of the cake batter and the sounds and all, all that. So I mean, I was like in my head, that is a great alternative if you're looking for, you know. But yeah, the cake batter one was weird and he it was very specific. It has to be cake batter. It can't be like biscuit batter or pancake batter. I guess there's like a specific texture that he's looking for. Um, he doesn't put it in the microwave. Like it was really like that, like that. Or um, a guy that used to fuck watermelons. Watermelon. Oh, that seems like it could hurt. Yeah, that's not. I, I, I don't know that they were seedless or not. We He just said watermelons. <laughs> I didn't. It didn't, it didn't, we talked about other things, but he was. But we, what we were talking about was um, he he wanted to tell his partner about his fetish, and he wanted his partner to like hold the watermelon, like. Oh. And so we were talking more about how he could introduce that to his partner, and less about the fetish itself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, because I was, I had so many questions, but I was like. Is it, are they seedless? Is it like a sweet watermelon? Is do you eat the watermelon after? Yeah. Um. He they do eat. He does eat the watermelon. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't ejaculate in the watermelon. He just fucked watermelon. Interesting. And then, he, and then you know, there's a snack after, I guess. But those are the two that really stand out, and they're food oriented. And I think it's important to point out that um, splooshing and sex with food can get very, very complicated very quickly. Um, for internal for people with vulvas. Yeah. Um, for penises, you know, you can rinse it off and it's fine. Um, with internal food, gets very complicated very quickly, and so I always tell people to make sure that there's no sugar, fructose, sucrose, any of that involved in it. Um, if if you're inserting it into your body, try to put it in a condom first and then insert, so that you're not actually getting any transference. Um, and just make sure you're cleaning, you know, with soap and water afterwards, because you're gonna be at the doctor trying to explain. Why you got Fruit Loops in your pussy? And <laughs> no one's gonna be able, you know what I'm saying? And it's and that's why people participate in fetishes and get and get sick and stuff because they don't want to go to the doctor if something goes awry. 
Yeah. Yes. So, you know, if you begin with the end in mind and put the full loops in a condom first, yeah. then, you know, you can kind of have a better outcome. Um, and I don't want I don't want people to feel like it's a shamey kind of situation. People get right. caught up in their fetishes and what people are gonna think. But in real life, if you prepare yourself to enjoy your fetishes in happy, healthy, satisfying ways, then the the shame and stigma don't really exist in the same way. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You mentioned approaching a partner about a fetish. How would you mm -hmm. recommend somebody do that if they are really shameful about it? They've never told their partner. What are some steps to take? Um, first, I would say make sure it's something that you want to share, because a lot of times fetishes can be very private, especially the ones that people feel a certain protectiveness around. Right. Mm -hmm. So make sure that it's a fetish that you want to share. Make sure it's that something that you want to invite someone else into. Um, because maybe they're thinking that their partner will be freaked out or grossed out or turned off or what have you. So be clear that you wanna share it. Um, and then I would suggest showing them some sort of media around the fetish, if it's something uh, maybe more commonplace. You, you can Google like movies with balloon fetish or movies with clown fetish or movie with whatever. And you can like, you know, in this day and age on the internet, you can like watch the movie together and be like, oh babe, what do you think about that? to kind of get their reaction so it's not you first. Oh, smart. Right? Yeah. And then based on their reaction, decide if you want to move forward. Or um, there are lots of like shows like, you know, Sex Cells and, and other shows like that that may highlight something that you're into. So just, I would say, get some sort of media that's a third party and then like watch it with them. And be like, what did you think about that? Or, and I always fall on the sword for this for people. Listen, if you don't know, if you can't find media or you have something that you want to talk to your partner about, DM me and ask and let me know. And then I'll make a video about it and post it on Instagram or YouTube. And you can be like, oh, my God, I saw this video. Watch this and tell me what you think. Because then it's still not you. You know, it's yeah. it's it's you. You're approaching it to kind of see what their what their response is going to be before you just kind of open up your coat and show them it's you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Because I think the biggest part of the shame and stigma for people is that they're going to be rejected once they share. Yeah. So that kind of takes the onus off of you having to be the person with this desire and just kind of gauging your partner's reaction as a result. Yeah, that's great advice. Oh, good. What a nice service that is for people too. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, just DM you, you might be getting a lot of DMs from us. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm with it because it gives me content too, right? That's like lazy yeah, content great. creation, but it's the thing. And I love um, my public health brain. I love priority population generated stuff. I love population led things. I can come in here and tell y'all what I think y'all want to know. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I may be like way over here and you want to know what's over here. So if if I have the kind of feedback to kind of guide what I'm presenting, then I know I'm telling people things they want to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are a few things that you could recommend to people who are looking to broaden their sexual horizons? Maybe people who aren't super tapped into their fetishes or kinks or anything like that. Maybe, you know, long-term couples, people who maybe have fallen into a rut, you know, mm, mm, mm. anything like vanilla, that. Vanilla folk. Vanilla. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I say this because people, because I'm a sexologist, people think that I do all the things, okay? Knowing all the things, and doing all the things very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I tell people I'm not vanilla, but I'm like cookies and cream. <laughs> like, there's a, mostly vanilla, but there's a little razzle doubtful, right? I'm not out here 
you know, we're not out here Rocky Road. We're not at all. At all. Maybe mint chip on a good day. Yeah. It's not in everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, yeah none of that. Um, so people are like, uh, surprised to see what my lies in the sand are, but I'm just like, I ain't doing it. Um, but for people that are like, like you said, long term couples, things like that, or you're just kind of curious to where to start, the first two, the, I, I can tell you probably five things that are like low hanging fruit that people probably don't even think of. The first one is change the time of day that you're having sex. Mm. Ah, that's a great one. Most of us that have sex at night. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's a great uh, one. Daytime sex is the best. Yeah. Uh, especially people with kids. Oh my God. These kids will ruin it for you. Okay. When yeah. your kids are in school, <laughs> yeah. Working from home now or what have you, take a PTO day, whatever you got to do. But change the time of day that you're having sex. Change the part of your home that you're having sex in. Oh, yeah, you yeah, pay yeah. for the whole house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Give the kitchen floor some action. See what the couch is talking about. You know what I'm saying. Um, that's very, very important. Also, get like a hotel or something. Um, I really want a sponsorship from these people, but dayuse.com for my American people. Mm -hmm. uh, dayuse.com is where you can get a hotel in the daytime from like nine to three, or like ten to five, and it's a different rate because it's not overnight. Oh my oh, god. god. That's awesome. So it's you can do like day pad. use. Yeah, yeah like a, yes. basically. And it's yes. like dayuse.com. It started during the pandemic because people wanted to get out of the house and work, right? It's work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can like take a PTO day and you and your partner go to dayuse.com and get a hotel. And so now you're not in your home and it's in the daytime. It's a whole nother setting. You know, yeah. and you look different in a hotel because you don't have to clean up later. So if yeah. you want to like play with like squirting or different like things like that that that's the time to do it because you don't have to clean it up right yeah. so that's two change where and change when yeah does the receptionist give you like a little wink when they hand you your card when <laughs> i they mean no it? they don't because they don't know what it's for like i have a um i have a a, a friend that's a hairstylist natural hairstylist so she has braids and stuff like that that shit takes like five hours she uses day oh. use to do hair because she don't want people coming to her house but also she's not comfortable coming to someone else's house Oh, I right know. i have yeah. a massage therapy friend that she books all her massages on certain days and she uses day use during those massage times this Love is it. fascinating oh so my god good. what a great takeaway yeah I yeah so it's like you know, so you never know what people are doing right they yes. can, you can do it it's great for photo shoots um i'm getting ready to re-record all my webinars to, to make them on-demand webinars and i so i'm going to do a day use for that because the rideology class and the strokeology class are taught in the bedroom right so right. i'm gonna you know so i have a set now it's not my house. Um, yes. So so changing the time that they have sex, changing the where you have sex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
uh, changing up the positions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we stick to the three one, the main three that get us together, right? <laughs> but but you never know what lifting a leg will do, or changing the arch of the back will do, or something like that. So that's another one, and that's your, those are the three free ones, right? The next one I would say maybe add some music, like create a playlist, because you never like sometimes you're like making love, so it's like this soft sensual music. But then trap music come on, and you're trying to fuck like you are in, you know, like it's your last day before you turn yourself in before the police. To police, you know, so yeah. it just you know the music can dictate the tempo, can dictate the you know what you can get away with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, lubricant. Because <laughs> people don't, people think that lubricant is a commentary on your sexual function or your ability to get wet or what have you. And I'm here to tell you that not only is lubricant a safer sex practice because it reduces friction, uh, but it creates a smoother ride between you and whoever or whatever you're having sex with. And I don't care if you are Miss Aquafina Wapity Wap 2023. <laughs> that thing hits different with the ceiling fan on, okay? <laughs> And so, <laughs> especially if you're like using condoms and stuff like that because rubber rubber is will dry you out so it's like working against your body so lubricant is your friend and i'm not saying like you know a whole you know you don't have to do the whole thing just like a dime size amount um i have you know those automatic hand soap dispensers mm-hmm. oh, i have one of those next to my bed full of food you are oh, real that's incredible <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah just enough to keep the party going right and so you don't have to kind of think about it and it becomes part of the act especially when i hear that looks like if he's on my side of the bed i'm like okay that's what what we're doing all right you know (laughs) a little little operant conditioning in there you know what i'm saying yeah a little little pavlovian Anybody ever think that's a hand sanitizer instead and be like wait a minute (laughs) in my bedroom that people don't go in my bedroom Okay, there you right, go. Right, right. You know, and my my kids, the seven year old doesn't mess with anything on my side of the bed. Um, and, and the older kids know better. Yeah. Because we we, we respect closed doors in my house. So yeah. <laughs> if, if your door is closed, I'm gonna knock first. I expect you to knock first if my door is closed. Or your therapy bill just went up a couple thousand dollars. It's up to you. <laughs> up to you. The choice is yours. Um, and then adding sex toys. Adding sex toys, I think, is something that people forget about because when people think about sex toys they think about big dick shaped vibrators or dildos mm-hmm. and they're like a little bullet you know goes a long way if you you put you know if you're if you have a vulva and you're having insertive you know sex you put a bullet on your clit while you're getting stroked and it's a game changer if you are if you have if you're if you have if both of y'all have penises you put some lube on your testicles and put a bullet down there while you're getting fucked it's a game changer like also people with penises yeah. nair your balls and put lube on your balls when you're getting ready to have sex. I don't care what kind of sex you're having. I don't care if you are having sex with a person with a vulva or a penis, or you're having anal sex, or you're having oral sex, lube up your balls because your balls are super sensitive. And when you have that lubricant on there, it just kind of amplifies the sensation. Oh, okay. So interesting. Okay. But those are great ways to kind of figure out what you like. And then you can kind of explore that way. Get into talking about um, the way you like to be talked to when you're having sex, right? Like, you know, the little dirty talk. Those are conversations that you have upright with clothes on first. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't just start spraying stuff on people. You know, (laughs) Uh, be like, is there anything that you don't want me to call you? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is, is, is there anything that's a hard no? What are some hard yeses? What are some things that you think you may like in the throes of passion that you may, like, you can call me a bitch, but I got to be a pretty bitch. I got to be a sexy bitch. I got to be, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, a well-placed good girl goes a long way with a lot of people. Sometimes yeah. it's a it's a no for people. A good girl is a no for people. So you kind of got to just kind of talk about those things too. Um, but I think that the, the the sexy time talk and sex toys and lubricant, and like I said, changing your time, date, place, location, all of those things will help you jumpstart out of a rut or just start to explore your uh, desires and, and preferences. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. I know. So good. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sitting in notes over here. Yeah, I'm just sitting here so excited for our listeners to hear this episode. I just... I just love this episode because we haven't done a, a sex episode in a long time. And yeah. Okay. You're, oh, yeah, we've never done a fetish kink one, like devoted right. to it, which is so important. And what about somebody who is, you know, they, they don't have a partner and they truly <laughs> don't know where to start when it comes to exploring different fetishes and kinks. They really don't know what they like yet. What are some okay. like very first steps somebody could take and maybe even releasing the shame around exploring themselves and their bodies and, and interests in that way? Um, I think it depends on the person. So honestly, my first answer would be hire a sex worker. If you don't have a partner, I would say hire a sex worker because this is a trained professional. Well, in, in, in my mind, they're a professional. Sex work is work. Um, so they have a different set of understandings and lived experiences that can help inform you and in how you explore your fetishes and kinks. So they may be able to be a good support for that. Um, and then it's harder to explore a kink or a fetish alone if you don't know what where you you know what you want to do. Um, so I would first and foremost say hire hire a sex worker if you're actually in, in the application phase of like this is something I might like um, and you don't have a partner, I would suggest doing something like that. Um, but then like there's things like you know, autoerotic dissociation, which is like choking yourself, right? There are ways to experience that. Um if it, but looking at what your fetishes and kinks may be and how you can explore some of those by yourself or with a partner. Some of them require a partner, some of them not so much. So it just depends on like leather and, you know, all those types of things require another person typically. Um, but like bondage may not. There are things you can tie your own feet up. You know, you can tie... You can um, kind of like tie one of your hands to your feet or have like a tight corset on under your clothing and feel that tight held together feeling. Like, so there's some different ways that you can explore it. It just depends uh, on what it is. Um, but like a lot of people, like I said, choking and spanking are very common um, kinks that people are into. And people think, oh, I got to go buy a leash now. or I got to go buy a, you know, and you don't. You can take like your nightgown and pull it up and kind of choke that way. There's a right and wrong way to choke people. Um, I know people may not know that, but there's a right and wrong way to choke someone. Can you talk um, about that? Yeah. So like if you, I, was, I know everyone's not, some are watching, some are listening. Mm -hmm. So if you hold your hand, palm facing your face mm -hmm. and the space between your thumb and your forefinger, that little L shape, you want to align the middle of that L shape with the chin of the person that you want to choke. And you're going to stroke down the throat till you get to the neck and then you want to squeeze. You want to bring your fingers and your thumb together. You want to restrict the air, not constrict the air. A lot of times you want to put their hands around the throat and press down. That is going to constrict and close the airway. 
that is attempted murder. That's not a choke. Okay. That's something different. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you want to restrict, you want to squeeze instead of press. Okay. Yeah. So like if you want to choke somebody with like a, 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 a you know, tie or a rope or a satin scarf or whatever, you want to wrap it around their neck one time and then pull the sides so it kind of squeezes. You don't want to push down over their throat and press because that's going to constrict. Oh my gosh. What a game. Yeah, game. yeah I gotta have a combo we... with my husband tonight. <laughs> I wait, don't even wait, wanna, why don't we all you want another game this? changer? If you put if you put a finger vibe on your hand when you choke somebody, it adds a little rumble to the choke. Ooh. Oh wow. God damn. Amazing. <laughs> oh, do you have any more hacks like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to throw at us, that would be great. So like this is, I mean, so again, summer watching, summer listening. I have a frisky finger um, vibe on my finger. It's a texture, it's a remote control, not remote control, I'm sorry. Wireless, rechargeable, waterproof bullet with a textured silicone sleeve and a finger loop. So you just put your finger through the loop and you can use it, right? So it's great to use on a vulva for self-pleasure. It's great to use in addition to uh, oral sex on a penis. You can ha have it stroking oh, so around smart. the penis. Yeah. You can use it on the testicles during oral sex. If they're masturbating and they have, if you have a penis and you're masturbating, you can have the, uh, you can use it to stroke the shaft or you can hold your testicles and masturbate, stroke the shaft with the other hand. Um, if you're having insertive sex and they, you got the, your shoulders over their legs, I mean, you got your legs over their shoulders, they can be inserting their penis and have the bullet on their thumb and be stroking the clit simultaneously. Um, it also makes great nipple play. Like if you have it in your hands, you can like, you know, press your own nipples because the nipples are connected to the same part of the brain as the genitals. So nipple orgasms are a thing. Um, and like I said, you can add it as a rumble to a choke and all of that. So th these types of toys, a finger vibe is the most versatile sex toy that you're ever gonna experience. And it makes it easier to bring into the bedroom if you're in a heterosexual relationship with a man. Because the main reason that heterosexual men don't like sex toys in the bedroom is because in their mind, they're dick shaped and they're bigger than them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is about two and a half inches tall yeah. it's not even an inch thick so if this is bigger than him you already love him he is already your person and it doesn't matter right, right. but this is a great thing it's purple it comes in purple and pink it's like really you know it's like a cutesy little situation but it's a great way to tell to show your partner that sex toys are teammates not competitors mm. Ooh, that's great what that a great quote yeah yeah Yes. Do you have opinions on vibrators making people less sensitive or kind of um, rolling so, out those nerves? Absolutely. So it's a yes and no answer because the main reason that people get desensitized um, when using vibrators is because they're not using lubricant. Uh, okay. That's the main reason because lubricant, again, creates a smoother ride and a barrier between you and whoever or whatever you're having sex with. Also, if you know that the setting number three is the one that's going to get you there, that doesn't mean start on setting three. Mm -hmm. Start on setting one, work your way up to setting three. Got it. Okay. Also, people like, if you want to masturbate before you go to bed, like that's part of your sleep routine. Sometimes if it's part of your routine, you're not aroused. You just know that you're doing it. And when you masturbate with things that vibrate without lubricant and you're not aroused, it's like a cold muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not warmed up where there's no, you know, the blood flow, the toroid erection or the penile erection is not the same. 
Um, and so that also happens. Now, the mental aspect of having sex with toys and then having sex with a person, there's a shift in that as well sometimes for people because sex toys are not, pleasure tools are not meant to replicate human interaction. Like it's a, a toy can't smack your ass and pull your hair, right? So it's not going to be the same kind of experience. So don't expect the pleasure tool to show up like a partner and don't accept, expect your partner to show up like the pleasure tool. Mm, got it, yeah. And so that desensitization happens mentally because maybe you're just so used to your toy, you don't know how to engage with a partner in the same ways because you don't have to worry about the toy's feelings or their arousal or any of that. Right. And so it's a different kind of desensitization right. <laughs> uh, in that regard. But yeah, no, just I think using lubricant um, also, people don't clean their sex toys Ugh. and you should clean them before and after use. And I know you're like, oh, well, you know, people are like, well, I use it on me. It's just me. I'm the only one using it. But you rinse off your toothbrush twice. Yeah. You rinse your toothbrush off before you put the toothpaste on there. You put the toothpaste on there. You rinse it again. Then you brush your teeth. Then you rinse it out. It's like using your, if you use your toothbrush and never rinsed it out, it's yeah. just you yeah. using it. Yeah. No. Right. Oh. No one would ever do that. We do it subconsciously. If, if, if I was like, don't rinse your toothbrush one time, don't rinse it, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like innate in how we use our toothbrush, right? So it needs to become innate in how we use our pleasure tools as well. You have to clean them because if you don't clean them, they're going to malfunction. You can get, make yourself sick. You can compromise your sexual health and your pH balance and stuff. But people don't realize that. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. Have you ever worked with a clients or a client who, um, you are noticing maybe their kink or fetish is becoming more of an obsession or addiction. And it's kind of going down a path where they might need to like seek a different type of support for that. Um, I haven't experienced that firsthand, but I definitely, I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist. And I tell people this all the time because I have a master of social work. I'm trained in therapeutic practice in therapeutic framework, but I am a macro practice girl. I am very much programming curriculum, workshops, <laughs> workbooks. I don't want to sit with a bunch of people all day. Um, so I automatically refer out anyway, but I think that it's important for people to recognize for themselves, what is an addiction for them? So the most people, the, the litmus test for an addiction is, are you missing out on work? Are you missing out on, are you skipping social events to do whatever this is? Are you investing all your money into whatever this is? Um, are you losing sleep and missing meals to participate in whatever this is? At that point, you do need to seek professional help and guidance around whatever it is, be it something sexually um, sexually connected or otherwise. And sex addiction is uh, and porn addiction and things like that are usually indicators of other types of mental wellness challenges, not necessarily sex addiction because I'm of the school of thought that doesn't think that sex addiction is a thing. It's a it's an indicator of something else. It's like the low impulse control um and dopamine addiction to you know to something. It's a different it's a symptom, not not the not the illness. So yeah. um those are great. So there's that, right? Yeah. Thank but you. yeah. I haven't had I have not experienced that firsthand. Uh and I'm glad that I haven't at this point, but I would definitely refer out um because there needs to be some professional guidance for folk. And I, I'm very much a harm reductive standpoint. So I really try to like, I'm trauma informed, I'm harm reduction, I'm stigma eradication. And so I try to make sure people feel safe and comfortable, but also making sure I put the right people in the right places to, for them to get support they need. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned briefly that you do a rideology course and Mm -hmm. a class and a strokeology class. Can Uh you talk about those? (laughs) So rideology is my my dick riding class. And I teach people how to ride dick with their vagina, their anus, or to caress two vulvas together. And when I came up with the class, I I am my, my priority population. So I came up with the class. I took into consideration impact on the knees, back, and hips. I took into consideration the body size of the people having the sex. I took into consideration range of motion and uh, the size of the dick or dildo in play. Um, because those are the things, right? You get on top, you on top for a hot 20 seconds, your knee is popping, your check engine light then came on, like you are <laughs> not happy, right? So I created these, well, I didn't create these positions, but I kind of figured them out my Myself and I want to teach people, like I'm sure they're not new, you know, positions are not new. Um, but I have them, it, it kind of shifts your weight distribution to make you comfortable. It's all about confidence, control, and stamina. So you get confident because you have like the technical instruction of knowing why this position feels good in your body. You have the confidence because you know that you can do it and that you can, you know, you you're, you have all these different things going on that you know that you're confident in it. You've taken a whole class about it. And then the stamina is being able to get up there and stay up there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I tell people, I guarantee you can ride dick for at least four minutes uninterrupted after this workshop. And four minutes is a long time in sex time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the strokeology is for people with penises and people that wear strap ropes. Um, And it helps them with different positions and ways to create negative space uh, in the body to help make the penis feel larger, to help the penis be more stiff um, and just kind of help them with their confidence control and stamina. And when I teach any workshop, I teach it from the perspective of the pleasure of the person performing that act. Because oftentimes we go into, men do too, go into the into the act wanting to please our partner. And therefore our pleasure gets put on the back burner. And your pleasure is your responsibility. So you have to be able to take control of your own pleasure because if you don't know what your pleasure scripts are and what feels good to you, how can you communicate that to your partner? Right, right. Right? So I, I really, like, so when I'm teaching, I had this guy say, oh, I heard you teach blowjob classes. You think that's right? You need to teach these girls how to please their men. And I was like, ooh, actually, don't care about your pleasure, guy. Like, that's not what it's for. I'm teaching people to enjoy performing oral sex on their partners because I teach oral sex on a penis and oral sex on a vulva too. So the blowjob class is called Lick and the uh, vulva kissing class is called Lip Service. And it's from the perspective of the person performing the act. 
I, I say, if you have not reached orgasm from performing oral sex, your life is incomplete. Interesting. Ooh. So you're and saying so that we should be coming as we're yes. getting ahead. Yes. Wow. Like, and that's, because... some, that's something as simple as adding a sex toy, like using your stimulating yourself while you're giving pleasure to your partner. Because again, that operant conditioning, that Pavlovian response is yeah. now you have this sort of circuitous um, possibility of giving and receiving pleasure simultaneously. Yeah. Right. After a while, you may not even need the toy anymore or the pleasure tool to stimulate you, but you have that sort of understanding of when I'm performing, I'm also receiving. Yeah. And you can reach orgasm in that way. And that is with whether you're performing on a, on a penis or a vulva. Yeah. Cause I like personally have never loved um, 69ing mm. because I'm like mm-hmm. too, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just the physics yeah, of I'm it. Same. Yeah, I just, it's never been my favorite thing. Yes. Receiving or giving. Like, who's, what's happening? Right, right. It's like neither one is. is No, and I think with that, you kind of have to take turns. And I think with 69 is we, we, we correlate 69 with being simultaneous. Yeah. But you kind of just kind of got to take turns. (laughs) It's it's more of a seesaw than a, than a, you know, actual 69 kind of thing. But way more fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a seesaw would be made more like Bob in for Apple. It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what if we if we reimagine it as a seesaw as opposed to a consistent, constant engaging of the mouth with the genitals. Mm-hmm. But you can't focus on getting pleasure if you're trying to give pleasure. It's but with when you're doing it in the position of you're performing oral sex on your partner and you're stimulating yourself, you can sort of gauge and stop and start and you know what's gonna happen next because you're in control. And right. again, that goes to that confidence, control, and stamina. Yeah. Okay, I guess I do have one more question based on something you just brought up. So what do you what do you think is the number one mistake that both men and women make in giving oral sex? I think the number one mistake that people make is that they're too in their head. Hmm. They're like, oh, I need to cuff the balls and stroke the shaft and spread the lips and do the this and the, you know, they're in their mind of what they should do. Yeah. <clears throat> and the easiest way that I tell people to get around that is to get a song in your head, right? A song that makes you feel confident. People say, oh, I'm gonna get a sexy song. When you drill down on sexy, the words that come up are attractive, beautiful, confident, intelligent, stylish, funny. Think of those, right? So yeah. think of a song in your head that makes you feel like that bitch. Like you get like if you get dressed and you walking down the street and a cape is flying behind you. <laughs> what song is playing, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's your jam. So now, whether you rock in headphones, which is the thigh, or you rocking a mic, which is a penis. Yeah. You have a song in your head. <laughs> the, the song gives you a rhythm to perform to. So you get your breathing to match. Yeah. Right. You can mouth the lips. You can mouth the words or hum the words into your partner's body, which is gonna feel amazing to them. You start to give, they start to match your rhythm as well. Right. So it gives you this whole, I say I tell people all the time, oral sex is performance art. And performance art needs a song. So now you have this sort of whole production that has become oral sex and you're not in your head of, oh, I got to do this because you're jamming right now. You're like, oh, and you're doing what feels good to you because the song has you in a good space. Yeah. Oh my God. So you're this not thinking, one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. I'm like, <laughs> this is one of the most brilliant fucking things I've ever heard, which I honestly didn't know if I would be saying on this episode. And that's just like, wow, it's brilliant. Everything Ta-da! you just said is brilliant. 
Like you, you really know how to get people out of their head and into their body in such simple, like fun, approachable ways. Thank like, you. You really have a gift. I mean, thank yeah, you. You, you have a gift. <laughs> you are a penis genius. Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, and I sell these, you know, this is goody gear, honey. I sell these. It comes in hoodie form. It comes in t-shirt form. I love it. Because my bachelor's is in business. So I use that degree every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. So, I mean, but I love, I really do. I love what I do. I love connecting people to pleasure with confidence. I love expanding people's understanding of sexuality, pleasure, and health. Like, I am so grateful that this is what I get to do every day. Yeah. That's so awesome. It shows how passionate you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? And we, Delaney and I do the thing that we love for a living too. And it's, uh, it's, there's nothing better. So we love having guests on who feel the same way about what they do. Yes. And I'm glad, like, I, um. I know um, I, I, when I kind of got the synopsis of the podcast and everything, he's like, oh, this, they use humor to talk about things. And I use humor to talk about things. I really, I I want to do, I want to do like a, I want to do like stand-up comedy. comedy. Yeah. I can see. But I feel that. like For I wouldn't sure. be funny because I'm trying. Oh, you know? no, you should, you should. Kevin I and I. Like I would, oh, sorry, I feel like I would, no, you're fine. I, I feel like I wouldn't be funny. But I so I have like science and ho shit is the framework that I use, right? And I'm working on my book called Science and Ho Shit. I own scienceandhoshit.com. Don't go looking. It's nothing on it at the moment. But <laughs> I want to like do like a one-woman show called Science and Ho Shit, where I just get on stage and do like my sex ed spiel. Yeah. With all my jokes in it. So I'm still educating, yeah. but also entertaining. Like I, I, I kind of want to do that. But I'm scared that I'm gonna fail. And failures. Oh. <laughs> like I'm scared I'm not gonna be good at it. And I don't like not being good at it. You will not fail at that. Like <laughs> you you just did that on this episode. This was education entertainment. We were laughing our asses off the entire time. I yeah. learned so like we learned so much from this episode. <laughs> I will come to that one woman show immediately. Yes. Where can yes. I pre-buy my ticket? Yes. <laughs> you have I'm to thinking about it. Maybe for 2024. I have I have so much on my plate for 2023. I'm oh, thinking yeah. I think I might do it in 2024. You have to do yeah. it. It's you're already doing it. It's just a different, different form. Right. And then I think yeah. I would also connect to a different audience if I did it that way as well. Because Yeah. Like, what? Science and shit. What? You know, so it's oh, gonna be yeah. like the best TED talk anybody's ever seen. I want a <laughs> TED talk so bad. I just don't know what I would talk about specifically because I'm like, I feel like I'm all over the place. And so I don't know, you know, TED Talks are very succinct about a specific thing. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, I haven't figured out how to tailor all of the things into a very succinct, like I know I connect people to pleasure with confidence, but how I do it in so many different ways that I I have not figured out how to succinctly explain in TED Talk ability Mm -hmm. what that would look like. Because I really want a TED Talk so bad. And I wanted to say, like, you know how they have the TED behind you? I want to say sex behind me. And I wanted to (laughs) do my TED Talk. And then like, I just put it on YouTube myself, hell. But I haven't figured it out. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe I can do like a series of sex. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. That way I don't have to narrow it down. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna be laughing about going to the doctor and finding fruit loops in your pussy. And like (laughs) that line will make me laugh for a week. So truly, yeah, please don't doubt yourself or be afraid to to try something that is performing and with (laughs) <laughs> your sense of humor and your knowledge it's like it's a truly a brilliant combo and I feel like you're kind of the only person on the planet that could 
do that. You know what I mean? Like that's that qualified to speak to all this and is so funny. So please, exactly. please do that. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of had that reputation in my, in my industry of being funny. Um, they call me the hip hop sexologist because I love music and yeah. I'm always using, like I speak in song lyrics a lot. Um, and then I'm, I also have a reputation for being the actionable sexologist. Like I always give people like takeaways and you could do this, 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 and this. And because I feel like if it's not accessible, it's not revolutionary. And I consider myself a revolutionary. Like yes. I hope, I know currently the people that are getting uh, master's degrees in human sexuality at Widener University are learning about me and my work. I know yeah. that for a fact. Oh, so I'm excited you. to be able to be like, I want to be like an ancestor, like, you know, uh, 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 on the Mount Rushmore of sexology. You know, <laughs> yes. Dr. Wu, Sujo Hansen, uh, Joycelyn Elders, and me. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> why not you? Of course, it's yeah. Gonna be I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. Good, Goody. Where can people find you and your work and all that? Let's direct people to your website and everything. Okay. Well, my name is Goody. That is my legal name, G O O D Y. And everyone asks Goody things, so Ask Goody is where you can find me. A S K G O O D Y. The website is askgoody.com. The email address is info at askgoody.com. I am Ask Goody on all social media platforms. Anywhere likes can be clicked. Um, even like Venmo and stuff. Like all the, <laughs> I'm Ask Goody on everything. Yeah. Um, and it's with, it's Goody with a Y because I tell people Goody with an I-E is plural and there's only one. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I yes. love it. Oh, thank you so much. This was one of my favorite episodes ever. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. And we've been doing the show for almost six years. So what? every time we have like, <laughs> Yeah. That is amazing. I'm going to like make myself an award. So what I want to do is um, if people use code helpless, if they go to Escody and decide to buy something, if they use code helpless, they'll get 20% off. Oh boy. I feel like a new woman after that episode. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're both about to tackle our boyfriends and husbands. <laughs> I especially love Goody's tip about taking PTO to go to the hotel for the day and fuck. Like, go get paid to fuck for a day. It'll God be like damn. your own like DIY off camera porn. You know, like yeah. what tip. Talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, where everything is like you know based in power and stuff. That's a powerful yeah. feeling. Take PTO and power move, baby, and get some. So yeah, fun. so so fun. Yeah, um, yeah. we have an iTunes review of the episode. You want to read it, Del? Yes. This is from Kelly, and it says, my favorite podcast ever. The girls are amazing, funny, and they make me feel like they're my friends. And it's got a bunch of cookie emojis and a heart. Oh, Thank I you so much, it. Kelly. Thank so, you, Kelly. So, so sweet. We really yes. appreciate taking the time. If you want to leave a review for the podcast, um, you can just click on the iTunes stuff and click a button, say some stuff, and might get on the show. Yes. It's very <laughs> simple. Those are, the, those are the exact steps that you can take. <laughs> a couple <laughs> buttons, you know, say something, leave something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, do you have a segment, Del? Um, you know what? I have a little treat myself moment. I um, I just uh, bought myself a little birthday gift, and I've just been I've been getting really woo woo over here in my space. I mean, wow. I really I just got. Um, I I did a um, I went somewhere with my friend recently. We went to uh, this place where they did a sound bath, acupuncture, and yoga all in one sitting it was yeah. like to to celebrate the um spring solstice or something like that 
And it was at this, um, this center where there's like an acupuncturist, there's a chiropractor, it's like a wellness center. Uh, and it was so cool. Um, we started off with like yoga for 30 minutes. And then that went into just like laying down and listening to this like sound bath experience and like live singing and chanting. And then an acupuncturist came around and put needles in our heads and arm and it was so fucking cool Whoa. and I was like god this you know you just feel so good when you just even if you just lie on the floor and yeah. and not do anything for a while when you get up I just felt like so refreshed um so I decided to buy myself a little um at home like sound bath thing so I got this like um uh, like Tibetan, um, sound bath. I, I don't know what it's called. I have to, I have to figure out the name. And then, uh, I've got myself a new Oracle deck and I'm just going to try to do some more of that, like in my day to day. Cause it just felt so fucking great. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's crazy how that, that noise truly vibrates your whole body. Like you can feel oh. the sensation. Like it's so, it's so weird. You feel that buzzing throughout you. And I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to be buzzing every day. Yeah. All the different ways I can imagine. <laughs> I can add that to my, to my routine. So yeah, I yeah. just got a little like birthday gift for myself uh, in the, in the woo department. What about you, Kels? Any, I love uh, any it. updates? Yeah. Um, couple good shit. So I, this is a small one, but there are great Amazon dupes for Lululemon items and listen, I also love if I feel like I can make the splurge buying some some new athletic gear from Lululemon. But I did also stock up on some from Amazon, which are like at least half the cost, sometimes a third of the cost. And I've just gotten really into I've become pretty consistent about going to the gym. And I have gotten into that whole psychology mentality of feeling good in the clothes you're wearing to go to the gym. Yes. I used to wear like my scrubbiest clothes to go work out. I would wear just like really baggy shirts, things with holes in them. And then I would like look in the mirror at the gym and not feel great about myself. And that's kind of the opposite of why you're going. Right. So I've just been really investing lately in, in having workout clothing that makes me feel good. So I, I got some new ones of that. I love them. And, uh, and then another little kind of good shit. I know I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that the special crossed half a million views over the weekend. And I also sold out six shows, six shows at Acme comedy company here in Minneapolis. And I've never sold out an entire like six show week before the earlier this year, I had sold out like some four show weekends and stuff like that. But to look on a website and see six shows, being sold out is such a wonderful feeling. And there were so many sweet helpsters that came out. I loved getting to meet you guys. I loved getting to hug you, take some pictures. It just, it was like a really feel good week uh, here in Minneapolis. So thank you to the helpsters that came out and just to everybody who's been supporting comedy stuff lately. It's been really, really nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Thanks. Um, all right, guys. Well, please go follow Ask Goody on all her socials. Uh, connect with her if you want on askgoody.com. And see you guys in Uncasville this weekend and then Salt Lake City the weekend after that. So um, get your tickets. Beautiful. DelaneyFisher.com for the Minimalist Business Podcast and other uh, resources for career pivots and building a business and all that good stuff. 
Amazing. All right, guys. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Thank you.